Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to develop a plan to reach their dreams. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. You can only exceed expectations by believing in yourself. People always talk about purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, lead with your gifts. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My guest is John Clarence Stewart, an Atlanta native. He co-starred on the acclaimed hit series P-Valley on Stars. Also starred on the NBC winning winning show, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. The movie Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas just got two Emmy nominations for Outstanding Television Movie and Outstanding Choreography for Scripted Programming. He plays a totally different character on P-Valley. P-Valley, which airs on stars, is an engrossing drama of family, friendship, and survival. The season, the richly crafted series is about trust and betrayal while also facing the aftermath of decisions from season one. The second season introduced a new character called Big Teak, played by the one and only John Clarence Stewart. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass for the second time. I will call him a friend, John Clarence Stewart. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? First of all, you know, let's uh, go back to Zoe before we get dive into P-Valley. You was this suave, cool guy, always smiling, you know, flirted, flirtatious on the show. And let's talk about that show and uh, the big opportunity it gave you, because we've seen you on other series, Marvel, but this is an ongoing major role opportunity on NBC, one of the great flagship networks. Talk about that that opportunity and, and what it did for your career being on Zoe. Um, Zoe's changed a lot of things for me. Uh, I was, in a lot of ways, I was unknown. Um, right. Though I'd done a lot of work before, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes. You can work at something for a long time and, and um, a large swath of the population may not know your work or know right. who you are. Mm-hmm. It's part of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zoe's was also very much out of my comfort zone. Like I, I auditioned for the show. <laughs> I knew it was a musical. 
it was kind of a shot in the dark because I'd never done something like that before. Mm -hmm. And each step of the way, it was, you know, me working with people I hadn't worked with before. It was dancing. It was singing. It was, it was what I love to do as an actor, stay outside of my comfort zone. And um, the response was beautiful. The Zoe's actually came out in pandemic time. Yes, it did. yeah, and it, it became kind of this this show, this lighthouse for a lot of different people as they were moving through the, the beginning parts of the pandemic, this this like beacon of joy. And so it was wonderful to be associated with that as well. And then we went in to shoot season two and um, Simon's arc got a little more personal for me. Yes. And I was really excited about that happening in season two. Um, being able to perform songs like Black Man in a White World. <laughs> yes. You know, with uh, Nina Simone is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. my favorite artists ever. And mm-hmm. being able to, you know, lend my voice to the story using her song is, it's kind of, it was a dream come true for me. So personally, it meant a lot. It also did a lot for me professionally. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, it would be, I'd be remiss to say that I think that, uh, you know, Big T can my work on P-Valley. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it somehow resonates a lot more because it's so varied from Simon, the character that I played. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what really impresses people, you know, because everybody can play a role. You know, you know, if you're a comedian, you're funny, you know what I'm saying? But that, that let's let's put it this way. That was like a white collar opportunity. If you were just putting jobs out there and this was straight street. This was straight urban. This was straight around the corner, make you nervous type character. Where you had this other guy, you know, if he well, if that character from uh, Zoe walked down the street, you know, you you just keep walking. Hi there, hi there. You know, Big T come out the street. I may walk on the other side of the street. You know what I'm saying? Worried about what's going on with this brother? Who is he talking to? Why is he mad at the world? Is he looking at me? I'll be trying to push my whole family to the other side of the street. So with that being said, how did the how did the casting opportunity come your way for something that was so extreme to what we had seen and became very excited about in your career development on Zoe? I, I know the the credit for that goes to my agents. They they got the um, they got the appointment. Mm-hmm. I read the script mm-hmm. and I read the sides, and I fell in love with. I I already love Katori Hall. I'm very familiar with her work from New York and all mm-hmm. of this. Um, but the character specifically intrigued me because he seen I I understood him. Mm-hmm. There is a pain that mm-hmm. he felt that felt familiar in some ways and though there are a lot of things that are different you know in our in our upbringings and our lives etc right. mm-hmm. there is like there is this um commonality and uh one of the audition scenes that landed with me heavily was the scene in episode four where teak is talking about you know um the world not being made or not wanting him the world not right. wanting him Right. And I read that and I was moved to tears. And mm-hmm. I thought, I, I have to, I have to throw my hat in the ring. I have to audition for this. And I'd never, I haven't, I had not seen a character on television um, say something that encapsulated my experience like this. And I was just like, wow. And uh, then I auditioned, mm-hmm. I sent in a tape. Um, I actually went on vacation at that time. <laughs> I went to the, I was I went to Hawaii mm-hmm. with my girlfriend uh-huh. and 
we were in Hawaii. We were finishing up our first Airbnb and um, I had a callback with Katori and Barb who directed the first episode. And in that conversation, we, you know, we did some work and stuff like that. We talked about the characters. We, and the character Teak for me is, he just reminds me of so many men that I know. Mm-hmm. Reminds people that I grew up with reminds me of people whose, whose stories um, I haven't seen honored. And I felt a call and a responsibility to him. Well, and, you, know, the, you know, the greediness of that character, you know, I'm a big fan of Oz back in the day, you know, that greediness, uh, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah. because that was, a, that, was the, that, that television show exposed us. So I, I was, you know, I've, I've never spent any time in jail. I've never done any type of street, street activity that would even put me in his same neighborhood activity. I come from the hood, but I've moved out of the hood. But watching Oz and watching that, the, 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 the energy of that particular show and then watching your character, it was like watching a version of that. Like you stepped out of Oz. If I was, was, was your character was that credible to me. That wow, mm-hmm. he had us a lot of pain because I knew where you came from. I knew the the violence. I need the torture, the the hidden secrets of not being able to tell people who you were, but dealing with the consequences of what that could happen behind bars. Then coming out and then seeing the world that you came into was that they want black men. Mm-hmm. That was the shocking part for your character to me. Was like. I'm, I, I've never spent a day behind bars and I asked that question and you felt like your character to me was like, was I safer behind bars <laughs> or not? So was, 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 am I hitting the parallel correct in what you were trying to generate for me as a viewer? I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, so much of what Teak was moving through, he was Katori Hall's mouthpiece. Right. And there are certain things that she wanted to say. And I felt very strongly that she chose this character to say certain specific things about the world that we're living in now. Right. Fatigue, like you said, he's in prison and he comes out. And the way that it lands on me is that he's there's no place for him. There's no place for him in the world. There's no place for him in the world at large. And then you get to see as the story goes on, that there's really no place for him, even in his the intimate world. Right. So like they're, they're really, he's a, he's a displaced black man in the world. Yes, and, he is. you know, it's, and when you have someone that has been in prison and been in the hole mm-hmm. and, you know, has kind of had an entire ecosystem that, that in the entire ecosystem unto mm-hmm. himself that he's had to, you know, adapt to in order to survive. And then he's thrust out into the world. Right. World is very different from the ecosystem that he'd, you know, that he'd been living in for this amount of time. And that is jarring. That is, and to me as a black man myself, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. I feel like that on a, I feel like that on a consistent basis, you know, uh, that was one of the things that did connect me to the role and to the character story, this idea that, um, of not being wanted in the world and the world not being made for someone like me. Wow. And um, yeah. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You know, I'm talking to John uh, Clarence Stewart, uh, an Atlanta native, uh, one of the stars of uh, Zoe's uh, Extraordinary Playlist on NBC, Emmy-nominated show. 
and also one of the current stars of Pea Valley. This is uh, Arizona Stars every Sunday night. Uh, I said, my, I, I said, I'll be ready. I'm gonna tell you something. One, one scene that you did, man. But I got the, I, John. <clears throat> when you broke up that table, man, in that hotel room, I, I was, I was afraid for everybody in that room. I didn't know if this was the the, the psychotic break that I was waiting on that you were gonna hurt somebody. Mm. Because it you took it there. I mean, the physicality of that moment, because you look like you are a tortured spirit. You know, you didn't come out of the prison cut up. You come out of the prison looking like a guy who just got out of prison. You know what I'm saying? Who wanted, who de- who thought a life was waiting on him. Every time you had an idea, it was shot down. Every time you wanted to do something creative, it wasn't met with any positive results. And then you watching the world just change right in front of your eyes, and all you could react was violently. That's what you were taught in jail. So talk about that moment and setting it up, and how did the other actors and actresses react in real life to that scene? I mean, I, I you know, in real life, everybody was incredibly on board. They knew what the scene was. Uh-huh. What we needed to do. Right. Um, actually. <laughs> hey, you know, Joe, Joe, they know what they got to do. But then when they see it start happening. We did the, you know, we do the rehearsal. We go through all of the, yeah. the you know, we do the stunts. We do the, you know, this is the table. This is the DVD. <laughs> all of that work, right? And then we, we, then we do the walkthrough. You right. know, and, and for the actor, that's like, uh, at least for me, that's a really important time to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to try it and to go there and to see what happens. And I think that everybody was, it's in the script. Like so much of it is, it's in the text. Right. Um, everybody read it. And I think, but it, it was different. It was different to be there in the flesh and to have this very uh, sensitive and raw open wound of a black man responding to this, responding to everybody's numbness. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one of the, one of the things that was paramount with Katori is that she wanted to make sure that we articulated in the show that the black experience is not a monolith, that right. we are, everybody has a different experience of the things that are happening in the world. Um, it's just that with Teague, because of where he'd been and because of, you know, how we, how he was consuming black death through right. the, te- through the telephone. It's a very specific way of seeing, uh, uh, of consuming black death, very specific way. And he had never done that. Right. And so everybody else, they'd done that before. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're kind of conditioned now as we all are to some extent, we're conditioned to that way of processing that trauma, even re-traumatizing ourselves as we're watching it. There's articles about it, et cetera, but Teak had never experienced it. He doesn't have the tools. Right. I think also with Teak, you're looking at someone who he's, he's experiencing so much inside, but he doesn't have the tools to communicate it, to transmute it, to make it into anything else. And the only thing he can do is kind of stew with it. Right. And it's not until like, you know, and, and you look at even right up until like for the pinch that begets that scene, mm-hmm. this moment where Rome turns the TV off, a very like primal moment, a moment of like, you know, that Rome even talks about. He says, 
You know, he talks about like, that. I could, did I commit a correctional facility faux pas? This is going, this is like all of this, all of this pain and all of this rage. <laughs> right. Looking at, you know, you're looking at a behavior and the, the closest outlet to that, the closest outlet for this tea kettle to release steam is through this route. And then Rome says the things about like his his uncle and what he says about right. you know what if it's his fault and what did he do and and he's a black man he's a big guy so all of these different things and T doesn't he, it doesn't make it just doesn't make sense it's so clear yeah. justice is so clear yeah. it's um, really clear it's really clear in a lot of ways when I look at what you're doing I'm speaking to John Clarence Stewart he plays the character Big Teak on the series P Valley the thing about it is that. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's such an authenticity to the series. The language, the the environment, the environment. 
you know, it's a fear factor. You know, I, a reason I really love the series is that we're telling our story, a version of our story, which we should be all right. I'm, you know, 20 years old, black people, oh, you can't tell us that. We don't want to be talking like that. You know, and they still kind of complain. But this, this is a story. This is TV. This is a movie. This is a series. Why can't we do that? And the beauty of being able to do this today is what excites me because that allows us to really push our creative outlets. The, the relationship that Rome had with you was always like, does he really know who he's talking to? That, to me, engaged me as a viewer. Like, But the thing about that I liked about where the scripts went was they never went where I thought they were going to go, which is great storytelling, which is great acting, because you and Rome never got into anything physical, and I just knew you go take him out. Mm. I just knew that. And so, and I, like I said, when you walk through the scene, I'm just going to give you credit for what credit is. When I watch something on TV, I've, I've been blessed. I watch a lot of great acting. I've cast a lot of great people over the years. Been in an industry on the other side of the casting when this was 90, 94. And so, and, and so I've seen the talent, Gabrielle Union. I've seen the Kevin Hart. I've seen the Jamie Foxx. I've seen the Moniques, the Robert Townsend, the Steve Harvey's. I've seen the list is really, really long. And that scene in that hotel room, which I'm going to go back to, because I know that you can rehearse something, but you took it to a sense of force, which I think is important, a force. You are a force in that scene that when you left the room, it was a it was a relaxation that nothing violent happened. That's how mm-hmm. big you were in that moment, John. That Big T character was like, wow. We're all alive. We're all breathing. Oh, because it was just that powerful. And so that's what I was just saying is that I know y'all rehearsed it, but I got to give you credit where credit's due. When you take a moment and you scare us as as, as viewers, because we emotionally engage now. We emotionally don't want anything to happen to nobody. We know you the guy in here that could potentially create that harm, even to little murder, even to Mississippi. Rome, I can care less because he, he's... Okay, so if he go, he go. Okay, but then, you know, that's life. You did it, man. And so that's what I was saying is that even though they knew, what was the the gentleman, the director walked up to you and the other cast members, the the set people, what were their reactions to that scene? I think everyone's reaction to the scene will usually when I work in, and specifically in a scene like that, I like to stay in a certain kind of headspace. Right. I like to until we finish shooting it I think it, it it's like it, it, it helps I think it helps everybody uh-huh. for me it, you know I, I I I don't believe in being an asshole so right. like I don't do that um but I, I do kind of say to myself and kind of stew in whatever is happening in the scene and and what the character is moving through and um and I think that everybody kind of honored that everybody honored right. that you know, because they knew that where I needed to go right. and they knew that, um, uh, that it was, it was essential for the telling of the story that T go to that place. I think also to that point, when we talk about the explosivity and the, the force and all of that of T, I just also want to highlight the fact that there was in, in that chaos, there was still restraint because a man like him could have put hands on anybody. Yes. And like, and yet he didn't, he put his foot through a table. Like, so like in the midst of all of that, all of that kind of, there is still, and it may seem like it was, you know, even for the character, like 
but there was still a choice. There was still a, a decision not to do a thing, right? Mm-hmm. To not go to that place, specifically when it was, um, when it was Scarlett's character. It was, it was just like very, very, yeah, <laughs> it, was it, was it was amazing. We'll be right back with more money making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to money making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You know, I, I've seen a lot of television shows do the COVID experience, and none have I seen it done so real. So this is really how it happens. This is how I, my COVID experiences, this is how it felt very relatable. I, I wanted to say that. Now let's talk about the scripts before we move any further. When you got this specific dialogue, were you thrown off by the dialogue? Did you have to have any coaching with the dialogue? Was there a certain flavor that you had to bring to the dialogue when you were looking at the scripts that were being presented to you for each episode? No, I, I, there wasn't a, I wasn't thrown off mm-hmm. by it's very, you know, watching the first season. This is this is written very intentionally. Yes, you know, it's mm-hmm. very with a with a dialect that's specific. Chuckalisa and all of these folks, right? Um, there was dialect work that I had to do, and they do have dialect coaches on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, work with one of them, like a little bit here and there. I would speak through a few things, and they give me some notes as far as elongating a vowel here, or you know, making sure that things were a little more chopped up or or smoothed out here and there. Um, because one of the one of the big access points for the audience is the is the lyricism and the language of the show. Yes, it it's is part of how people know. Oh, I'm. It's part of it's part of how people feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. It's part of how people feel like. Oh, this is not. Um, this is for me, right? And it's like this is for me. Mm-hmm. And so, being intentional about that, you know, before getting on set. Right, because you do all that work and then you get on set, so that and you you let all that stuff go and you show up and you tell the story as best as you can. Well, um, I, I would be honest. With you, I watch the show closed caption. Okay, I, I'm not missing anything. So I, 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 <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, John. I'm 100 closed caption, brother. I'm closed caption. What you ain't gonna have me do it, John? Is struggle. You ain't gonna catch me now. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I am 100% closed caption, brother. The words come on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening, but I'm reading. I'm reading them like I'm looking at a French movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, you ain't gonna get me, brother, with that. Oh, Rashawn. No, nah, no, nah, Rashawn ain't gonna lie to you, brother. I'm at closed captioning. Every episode, brother, every episode of P Valley, I've closed captioned it, man. Because 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 I don't want to miss, I don't I want to stay engaged, I want to be involved. But the, the episode uh, you know, where you got the car as a gift and then you started peeling back some of the trauma from your childhood, the 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 the, the violence and all that stuff. And we, we get it, we get to tell us see why you are like you are. To a certain degree, we've seen you being emotionally kind of like kicked to the curb because you didn't expect that coming in your relationship with Lil Murder. And so it just builds up to a moment where, you know, we've seen domestic violence on this series and it's being handled out and you got to have all these um, advisories at the end of the show and the episode that you're in, you got to have advisories at the end of the show because it is happening. It is happening in the, in the black community. The, the, the gay community is being recognized as in the black community. Like I was told when Nico was on the show. I said I can. I can tell you, when I was growing up, I couldn't acknowledge that my my uncle or 
cousin was gay because I didn't know because we never really brought them into the world. We never brought accepted their values, accepted their lifestyle because we were told that they were different and they and they walked on from there. Now with a show like this, you're able to see and accept a different lifestyle and kind of understand it. Understand it, and I, I'm not saying you have to go there and participate, but at least understand it. With these type of shows that you're engaged in, what is your biggest walk away from P Valley? I mean, I, one of my that there is nothing better than authenticity. Yes, sir. There's nothing better than authenticity, and in order to tell a story, you have to, um, in my in my opinion, uh, do whatever you need to do on behalf of the character, and. Um, and there's also something very important, you know, when it comes to authenticity, when it comes to the black community, when right. it comes to the kind of storytelling that resonates with the black community. Cause it, it, the thing is we've seen, we've seen ourselves on screens for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, who's, who's telling the story mm-hmm. and whether the black bodies in the story are pawns or people and we are fortunate enough to be inside of a world created by the Tory and the producers and they're in the writer's room that's you know unparalleled where they are infusing such humanity and life in every person in this story so all of the characters you know everybody is fully realized with a history and with you know with and, but nobody is perfect but fully realized, no one's perfect. Everyone's making mistakes. Everyone's trying their best, and that is the kind of story that uh, is is so essential and so attractive to me. You know, as an actor, um, there is something about. I, I, I mean, my my dad was a pastor, right? Right. Um, and I feel very, I feel very uh, called into storytelling. Mm-hmm. This is my way of serving. This is my way of serving awesome. my community. Awesome. This is my way of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I endeavor to use my instrument to serve in every way that I can. Well, congratulations, yeah. man. You, 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 uh, as soon as I saw the, that episode, I asked if I could get you on the show, and I feel blessed that we're having this honest in, interview because my, my goal in my life is to be able to be a messenger. You know, and we all have our roles and to be able to have an honest conversation, have a safe place where people and actors can come. They're not being being uh, ambushed by silly questions or embarrassing opportunities about uh, uh, you guys are our new stars. You guys are people who are moving narratives that need to be told, told. But I want to congratulate you for back to back great series here, man. Zoe was fantastic. I enjoyed you. This show, this show here was even more fantastic, P Valley, because of the fact that it felt like home. It felt like mm-hmm. finally I'm able to see my story, tell my story, participate in my story, and brag about it. I remember when I was way back when I was, I'm going back some years, when Miami Vice was on way back in 85, 86. And I used to come to work when I was at IBM and tell everybody, you got to watch Miami Vice. Woo! You got to watch Miami Vice. Brother, that's what I'm doing with P-Valley. I'm telling everybody, I'm screaming, you got to watch. Sunday night, you're not doing anything. You got to turn it on stars. You got to watch P-Valley. The acting is fantastic. The authenticity is on. It's beyond reproach. It's amazing what y'all are doing. And I'm excited. And we have, here's the beauty of this interview. 
Never even talked about the dancing. That's how great this show is, brother. That I can sit up here and talk to you the entire time, and we never go there because this show has a great A story, B story, C story, D story. It can only get there through great writing on P-Valley and great acting. And my brother, you are a great actor. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Thank you, We'll talk soon. If you want to see or hear this interview, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.